0: to geek freaks i am frank in today's episode we're going to be talking about the la comic-con we're gonna have some interviews with some amazing creators and just totally give you the environment that was at la comic-con it's a beautiful event this is one of the biggest conventions of the year and we teamed up with one of our sister podcast JoyStick show to head out there and check out everything you're gonna be listening to me talk with thomas Derek, and scott from the joystick show you guys are familiar with them already right we've been working together for a long time But i just wanted to reintroduce them also just to give you guys a heads up next monday voting starts for the geekies award that's our end of year reviews episode where we give rewards for the top tv show movie video game comic books and so much more we have a lot of fun with it so keep an eye out on our social media on twitter instagram stories and even hive you can vote on all three of those we'll tally up the winners and do our big show right before the end of the year Before we get started, I must remind you guys, the first season of the Paramount Plus series Halo, based on the Xbox game franchise, is now available on DVD, Blu-ray, and 4K UHD. With every episode from Season 1 and over 5 hours of special features, see Master Chief, Cortana, and the other Spartans of Silver Team take on humanity's greatest threat, the Covenant. Get your DVD, Blu-ray, or 4K UHD copy of Halo today from Paramount Home Entertainment. Last week, we started our giveaway over on the social media, and we sent out four copies. They're already in the mail, guys. Our winners are Mark, Scott M., Scott Man, and Kevin. So check the mail, guys. It is coming your way. I also put a bunch of Halo stickers in there, so have some fun. Guys, go check out Halo. Grab the Blu-ray. It's worth the watch. I had a lot of fun with it. So Thomas, you were at LA Comic-Con, what'd you think of it? Oh
1: my God. It was an incredible weekend, man. From just getting in there and getting the passes, it was really easy. It was super smooth. Uh, the expo was massive. They had an anime section, a video game section, a streaming section, and then you had your you know normal vendors from comic books to Funko Pops to art and uh, an awesome main stage and then all these breakout panel rooms. So it was just a really incredible, action-packed weekend.
0: Uh, Was this your first convention or have you been to them in the past?
1: I've been to some in the past, but only as a fan. So coming in and trying to get, you know, uh, some panels recorded and talking to people for the podcast, it was a whole different experience, but just so much fun. It was just, it was incredible. Do
0: you think that improved your experience or made it harder? Probably both. (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, it's just different, right? Like it was as a fan, you really just kind of soak it in and you know, you get to do a little bit more shopping, I would say. But uh I was just more interested in the details of the panels yeah. and you know, the people who were talking about whatever the various topics were. And then also, you know, just man, just some of the exclusive things, it it just resonates a little bit deeper because you know you get to share it with so many more people out there. Yeah.
0: LA Comic Con, it's one of the big ones. You know, I mean, this is this is the show. Of course, people bring their best a game with cosplay. What was some of your favorite cosplay? Oh, my gosh, man.
1: There was just it was the gamut. There was anime from My Hero Academia and Bleach and Naruto. And then there was, you know, all the DC characters you could ever dream of. Incredible Batman. There was like a Robert Pattinson Batman. I guess we can call him Pattinson. (laughs) That was like so spot on. Uh, Tons of Wednesdays this year. Let's see, um, man, really good Superman, really good Red Hoods, just DC brought it. And then I was lucky enough to catch the Marvel meetup and geez, like there was some nightcrawlers in there. Doctor Strange is galore from, you know, Supreme Doctor Strange to zombie Doctor Strange. It was like,
0: a full multiverse. they were so good.
2: <laughs> wow. All
1: those, and like, you know, the Spider-Man pointing meme where everybody's pointing at each other. There was like 20 of them doing it. It was like, <laughs> I was blowing my mind. I felt like I was in the multiverse. It was crazy. Yeah.
2: Did you feel um, underdressed or did you feel like, what, what would you have gone as if you were a cosplayer? Oh, my gosh. I mean, since I have the metal hand, I thought about it. I'm like, next year,
1: I'm going as, like, the reverse side Bucky. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. So, I'm going to do the right side metal arm. That's what's going down next year. Oh, nice. Time. Or
3: cable. Ooh, that'd be a good See. one, too. Or, like, oh, yeah, right.
1: cable.
0: Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, man, yeah.
1: there's
2: some options. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. There is some options. Nice. 3D printer. We got to get one.
0: Yeah. Oh, I've got one. Oh, got, I've got oh, access work? to that one. Okay, we're going to work on it, guys. We're going to work on this. This is going to look dope. <laughs> All right, uh, for next LA Comic-Con, get ready. Um, all right, yeah, there was so much, I mean, you've been sharing so many pictures, of course, you put it on your guys' Twitter account, we put it on ours, and uh, just so amazing. LA Comic-Con, they really did it up this year. Let's talk a little bit about some of the creators you got to talk to, because we we showed some clips, and uh, it's kind of insane.
1: Yeah, so the first one, right off the bat, that I was, I mean, I was nervous because I'm a huge fan of his, and, uh, you know, just with The King in Black recently, you know, I was like, shoot, how do I go into this?" But lucky and en- luckily enough, on Friday, the first day of Comic Con, I was able to go in there and talk to Donnie Cates. Hey, what's hey. so so going on, everybody? Strange. I'm here with Donnie Cates, legendary writer from Marvel. How are you doing, man? How are you doing the concept far
4: It's good. I mean, there's no one here, um, and uh, we're just hanging out, yeah. Yeah. doing this. So, so far, so good.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So you, got you got just started. What's a character that you actually want to write that
4: you haven't been able to do? Sure. what do you sure? Oh, um, at Marvel, I mean, I haven't, I've been able to write him. I've, I've not got my hands on, like, the proper yeah, I mean, Amazing sorry. Spider-Man. You know, it's, it's every. it's everyone's goal, right? Outside of Marvel, though, I mean, not to be a hack, but like, <laughs> everyone's right about Batman. I mean, it's, it's Batman, dude. I mean, you gotta write Batman. <laughs> I mean...
5: Anybody who could do it, I think you'd be able to. I think so,
4: right? Thank you. I appreciate that. I, I have a, I have like a five-year plan in my head um, that I've I've, I've I've toyed with. If I don't do it, I'm just going to steal my own ideas and do it an image and make all the money
6: i guess yeah so look
4: out for a batman uh, uh knockoff for
1: me pretty soon
6: got
4: it man thank you
0: when i heard that you were talking to Donnie cates when i saw the clip i i honestly was full-on jealous because he's my favorite writer he's so awesome he does thor right now and he's killing it with thor um god yeah
1: In the incredible hulk he's doing yeah. a new uh hulk series as well that oh, looks you up, up. <laughs> 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 exactly yeah, the animation on it looks incredible. So yeah, that was just a really fun one and he was super cool. Uh, you know, you think these guys, I mean, at least for me, are like on these huge ped- pedestals because we just admire their work, but he was super cool and down to earth. And yeah, highly recommend everybody go meet Donnie Cates whenever he's at a con.
0: Well, was, was he just at a booth or, or did you have to catch him on a run?
1: No, luckily they had an artist alley towards the back corner, the back left hand corner in the main room. And, uh, you know, day one, he even says it. He's like, not a lot of people here right now. And uh, I didn't know what I was going to get into, but I figured, hey, you know, walk around and kind of get the lay of the land. And he was in an artist alley. It was Donnie Cates. There was an artist, Joshua Cacera, and another artist, Ariel Diaz, that I got to talk to. But they've all worked on major Marvel titles and some DC titles as well. So super, super cool. Wow. Yeah. I love
0: that first day of conventions. It's like. A little bit more like behind the scenes almost because people can stop and talk for a while and you get um, you get a little behind the behind the scenes access. Absolutely. What were some of the other creators you talked to?
1: As I was going around and looking at the different booths and seeing, you know, all the different merchandise you could buy, which I had to remind myself (laughs) Christmas is coming up because I would have emptied my bank account on half the things I saw there. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) Right. So I ended up running into an awesome movie reviewer. I mean, this guy is massive. And I'm sure a lot of the people that listen to our podcast know him, but a guy named Straw Hat Goofy. What up everybody, it's What's Thomas up? with The Joystick Show. We are with the man, Straw Hat Goofy is in the house. What's up y'all? How's Comic-Con treating you?
2: It's been good so far. It's yeah. only day one, and day one's always slower, but you know, right. tomorrow's gonna be pretty crazy and I'm ready for it. Oh my God. I already bought a bunch of stuff. <laughs> I, know, I know, right? <laughs> I already bought a bunch of stuff. I'm already spent too much money.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, I right on it. man. Back right here there you go there you go well hey man great seeing you follow this guy i'm sure you already are thank you. but uh he's the realest dude so yeah thank you man thanks All seriously right. you guys take care can you tell him, hey check out the joystick show and the geek
2: freak podcast. Yo, check out the, the joystick show and the geek freak podcast it's amazing it's dope seriously this guy's i've been talking to this guy for like a whole five minutes he's amazing i want to hear more of this right now so you guys got to do it every single day yeah.
1: appreciate you He was so cool in real life. He's just as cool as you imagine him being on his TikToks. And uh, we got to just wrap out for a little bit, just really have a one-on-one conversation. Uh, I kind of went up to him and said, Hey, I've been a fan of yours for a long time. And, uh, you know, I followed you on TikTok when you had, I think it was 10,000 followers. Now he's got over 3 million, you know, and he's got over 350 million likes on his videos. And uh, crazy enough, I said, hey, one of the last videos you posted was really, really awesome, which was he was at the Black Panther Wakanda Forever premiere, and he's standing there and Ryan Coogler is walking up. I want to say it was like the white carpet. I think it was or it was like purple. It was something interesting. It was an interesting color. And I was like, that was amazing. He recognized you. What was that like? And he was like, "It, it was surreal. He's like, I couldn't believe this was happening. You know, he's like what that camera doesn't show you in that video was I turn around and I just like start crying. It was like one of the most, you know, out of body, amazing experiences of my life. And I was like, dude, that's insane. You know, he's like, I went up and I hugged my dad and he just told me, you know, what an experience. I was like, what does your dad think about you doing this and now this is your job? You get to talk to this level of creators, you know, directors, actors, be at movie premieres. And uh, he was just like, man, my dad is like, ah, we're really doing this now. Oh, this is what life's like. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> I was like, man, that is that has to be so crazy. So, yeah, just an awesome guy. And he gave us a shout out, uh, you know, both to the Joystick Show and the Geek Freaks podcast network. And uh, yeah, it's another guy I hope we can uh, reconnect with in the future.
0: So one of those guys, you might not know the name, but you definitely recognize the face. He's definitely been across your TikTok. Oh, game. yeah. If you've listened to us, then you're listening to him. That is so dope. So after straw. Hat hey, Goofy. Who else are you talking to?
1: So the next one. And again, this was, you know, just cruising around. Uh, I ended up standing in line for this, what I thought, I I saw the X-Men, the animated series booth, right? And I saw this line and it was wrapping down the right hand wall and it was zigzagging past the Ghostbusters car (laughs) and, you know, this giant uh, marshmallow man from Ghostbusters. And, you know, I thought it was a line to talk to them. Turns out it was for a Funko Pop from Naruto, and so you know I, I waited probably in half an hour, and uh, right before you were waiting in line with for that Funko Pop, <laughs> yeah, unlikely.
3: <laughs> yeah, totally. But I, I got the, the toy talks. game over there is unreal. Like people, oh my gosh, and they had exclusive.
1: Yeah, they had exclusive Funko Pops for for this event, and that one was for a Naruto Funko Pop and a Riddler. One. And as cool as that would have been to get that, uh, I still would have waited in that line to talk to the next people that I got to talk to, which was Larry Houston, who is now gonna be the showrunner and executive producer for X-Men The Animated Series 97, and also Eric Lewald and Julia Lewald, who were producers and writers on the first season of the X-Men animated series back in the 90s. So just really, really incredible.
6: Larry, how are you doing? I'm right. doing very good, sir.
1: Right on. It is. I am ecstatic yeah. that you're coming back to do X-Men 97. Uh, it's just amazing. That was the comic I, the comic cartoon that got me into comic books. How do you feel about coming back to X-Men 97?
6: I feel very good about it. It's you know, we left we, we left the show on a cliffhanger, a, a nice a nice one. You know, Xavier goes off with his girlfriend, and <laughs> right. Magneto comes into the group. Definitely. And so, like the next the next iteration of the show, mm-hmm. they're gonna pick up where we left off, and you know, we could only do stories up to the point of 1997. <laughs> right. So from from 1997 till today. Right. There's a whole boatload of stories that they can play with. They definitely that's what are they're do. Absolutely.
1: Oh, yeah. were, were you surprised about getting the call to come back and do it?
6: Yes, very much surprised because usually when people uh, do a revival of a the show, right. they never call and, uh, back to the original people who do it, they just get all brand new people. so
7: exactly. And you know, when
6: they called me they called the Glee walls. yeah
1: Yeah, absolutely. I just yeah. talked to them. They're amazing. Yes. so much personal stories there. <laughs> definitely. Yes. did you get the call from Kevin Feige?
6: I got the call from um, not Kevin Feige, but someone close to him. All right. Yes.
1: Right on. Well, again, so excited. This this comic, this cartoon changed my life, put me on the path of months. So thank you guys so much. Can't wait to see what you guys do do with it in X-Men 97.
6: Very much. Thank you, man. I always have to thank the fans, because even though you didn't know it, there was never a guarantee of a season two. Right. So I have to thank you guys because the fans are what gave us a season two, because nobody believed in the show, but right. the fans. Absolutely. And that's how, that's how everything started.
7: Absolutely. Well,
1: thank you for that. Appreciate wow. it.
3: That's awesome. Uh,
1: yeah. Uh, really cool part, like, uh, you know, while I was waiting there and I talked to Eric and Julia, they were telling me some of the things that inspired the first season. They were telling me one of the episodes in season one, they had just had a son. And because of their son's birth, it influenced the episode. And, you know, we'll find a clip of it somewhere, but they were able to write the episode where Storm takes in this kid based on their child just being born and that their kids lives influenced, you know, a lot of the episodes in that series. And they were just really just so down to earth and so thankful because they were like, we never knew if season two was ever going to come. We were like, we weren't promised to season two. We were like flying by the seat of our pants, hoping that season one was going to be a hit so that we would go on to make this show. And, you know, it turns out to be what it is. But yeah, you know, just just as a little tidbit, Eric Lule has, you know, like 500 different projects credited to his name. He's got Emmys. uh, You know, he's been a producer, a showrunner on multiple different series. I mean, I'm trying to think of some of the massive ones, but any 90s cartoon you can think of, like, he had a little bit of a partner. So freaking cool. So just an amazing. I, we got so, 90s yeah. cartoons Larry were Houston. the best. We
0: got so freaking lucky. Like, I, sure. I feel bad for these nerds these days. They're like, oh, Bluey. Yeah, you don't know nothing until you see Batman Animated Series and it makes you cry.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. We good. We
0: did. We truly With did. X-Men 97 coming out, I got an idea. What if we review that Storm's Adopts a Kid episode right beforehand as kind of like a hype episode? Getting ready first for X-Men 97. I think that's a good way to kind of get hyped up on that. And then then we'll talk to the creators again. Mm, That'd be cool.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, Larry Houston. uh, Sorry, last little tidbit. I asked him how he found out about getting called back. And he said, you know, I asked him, hey, did Kevin Feige call you? Yeah. And you could probably see it on the clip also. But he was saying, you know, not Kevin Feige, but someone very close to Kevin Feige was the one that called me and asked me to come back to do the show. I was like eh. Walt Disney. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Walt Disney. Frozen <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. heads on the phone with him, Guess what, yeah. boss? <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, exactly. Oh, like Futurama. it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Oh god. Get the call from Kevin Feige or even his his assistant. I'd be very happy with that. You oh, guys yeah, need a yeah. podcast. Let me know. Marvel. We're on board. Um. That is so. Dope. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Uh. Okay. And uh, any other creators you want to ha- head uh talk about before we get in a Sandlot?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um. Last creator of the night on friday was this guy keithan jones he created his own comic book uh company that he started making i mean he said the idea was in his head at 14 and now he's a lot older (laughs) uh not too much older uh but he said he was in his 40s and uh he created this comic book called the power knights the story sounds incredible the art on it is so good looking um yeah just an awesome content creator and i'm a little biased but he's a san diego guy so definitely check out his stuff uh but yeah his network is called kid i think he says the kid in us never dies i think it's what it stands for but yeah so keith and jones and the power knights definitely would check that one out
3: wow yeah this art is sick I'm looking at it right now
1: mm-hmm. really nice
0: do you find yourself reading <laughs> the comics out. very much any of you guys
1: you know, a lot more now, mm-hmm. now that I've kind of been tipped on to like what some, what a comic book really is to read like nowadays, there was a huge gap of time I wasn't reading comic books. And now that I am back into it so heavily, I find myself if the art animation's good or if I know what the story's going to be, oh, I'm there. Like I'm, I'm happily will buy an indie comic book to like dive into it. And. After this weekend, there's a lot more indie comic books I'm going to be buying and reading.
2: Yeah, uh, No, I, I think uh, the only like quote unquote indie comic books I've read was like Image when Image wasn't as popular as like yeah. it was like kind of in the shadow of DC and Marvel. And then when um DC and Marvel did that like um Amalgam <clears throat> comic series run, that was something that was super interesting. And I guess it's not very uh indie, but it was adjacent.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I, wanna, I still want a Dark Claw tattoo. That was yeah, so <laughs> 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 oh, good. Yeah. Dr. all day. Let's go.
3: Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah, I think indie <laughs> comics is definitely something I want to start getting back into. I was like reading a bit of like um, that Berserk when mm-hmm. it came out and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I kind of fell off a bit too. Um, but hearing all that, I especially this guy, um, Keith and Jones, like this art looks really good. And I'm definitely one that art is like the first thing that draws me in. Um. So this art looks really cool. I think I'm gonna check it out. Yeah, I I feel like with our with knights. indie
0: indie creators, indie comic book writers and artists, they're so passionate about their work. And it's not like a nine to five for them. It's like this is everything that I've got right now. It's on this one project, so they're working on it and they're willing to share the step by step with you. For Marvel, generally we know when an Spider-Man comes out. Here it is. Is what it looks like. Hopefully you guys like it. But when we're talking about these indie creators, we've talked to them on our podcast and your guys' podcast. Um their dedication is next level and they'll show you all the nuts and bolts and uh mm. and that just uh, you, you don't find something like that and then of course the fans are way more dedicated too because they're part of it more like i think image right. you're shouting out the 90s image yeah 90s image was the way you went with as an indie comic creator back then but nowadays it's kickstarter and um and still images out there we, we've talked to a few image guys and it's just like that's the big time now which is so crazy i remember when it came out it was like oh man these are the rebels you know they're going against the machine and now they're part of the machine <laughs> so it's crazy but um, For sure. i love that you got to talk to some indie creators man they're just super dedicated to their work
2: yeah it's a different yeah, style yeah. of passion too like to, to push your work and, and be behind it and have that faith and have that willpower not not to say that you know dc and marvel haven't done those things but to see What's individuals doing it now amidst all those you know, megaliths. It's I uh, I don't know. It makes you inspired. It makes you want to do stuff. Yeah.
3: Right. Also you like, um, what is it? I used to be really into, um, I don't know. How I'm going to say it. Jonan Vasquez, the guy who did Invader mm-hmm. Zim. Oh yeah, yeah. I used to like reading like, um, Johnny, the homicidal maniac and his other like squee. Like I, I really loved like the humor in it too. So it's, I really like that about indie comics where it's not necessarily just superheroes and whatnot. You get like these weird type of like funny, Stories you can get and you can only get in a comic book format. Like I can't imagine Johnny the homicidal maniac being like a movie and cartoon and being as funny. Like you can just like you have a lot of liberties in comics. So it's really cool.
1: Last last shout out for the indie artists is I want to talk about Artist elite. This guy Zen and Sal. They were fantastic. The animation looks incredible on it. I mean, some of the characters already to me look super iconic. And they did some Jim Lee inspired homage covers that looks incredible. So definitely go check out Artist Elite and you can find them at artistelitecomics.com or at artistelitecomics um, on Instagram.
0: As soon as you name drop Jim Lee, it's like, damn, son. He is
1: yeah, uh, yeah,
0: just like his Batman drawings and stuff like that. Is like, oh my God, I-, I dare the Mona Lisa to look as good as this or whatever, Mona Lisa, whatever. Like <laughs> <at> this needs to be in museums. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Jim no, Lee's absolutely. a man. Oh, man.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Well, then you got to talk to the Sandlot boys. What was that all like?
1: Oh my gosh. So, Talk about a absolute, like, fever dream, you know, out-of-body experience. But, you know, uh, that opportunity came up, right, and uh, got to go to their booth, which was right next to X-Men, the animated series, too. So, I was just like, I love this (laughs) corner. But we got to talk to Victor Victor Demadia, Grant Gelt, and Shane Odetsky. And, uh, man, just incredible. We really got to talk to them about, you know, what was it like to film The Sandlot? We know, was, were you on a set or were you on location? They got to answer that question. We got to wrap out about the carnival scene with the big chief and what was That's it like? Awesome. Yeah, what was it like to spin around the circle and then get sick and puke? And, you know, they were young kids at this time. And so they were like, we didn't know any better. We were just having fun. And, uh, you know, the last thing was, hey, did you guys imagine it was going to be this big some 30 years later? And of course they were like, we had no idea, you know, we were just kids having fun. And uh, you know, that all gets answered in that interview as well as the main point of all of it, which was their non-pro- nonprofit called Play Forever. Oh. And Play Forever is just an incredible organization that they felt inspired to talk about and start because of their experience through the Sandlot. So, right, they were saying, hey, you know, in the movie, They couldn't buy a baseball because it was 97 cents or 98 cents. And they still see it with kids these days. They can't afford to buy equipment. They can't get gloves. They can't get bats. They can't get these things that they need to play these sports to better their lives and then get them on a better path. So Play Forever is an organization that they created to help these kids get the equipment they need or get opportunities to play sports so that then they can get on better tracks for their lives and improve their lives. What's going on, everybody? It is Thomas from The Joystick Show and the Geek Freaks Podcast Network. I am so lucky to be here in the presence of Shane Odetsky. Did I say it right? Close, very close. We even practiced and everything. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Who played Tommy Timmons. We got Victor... Uh, Dematia. That was perfect. Yeah? All right. Nice. Okay, first try. We played Timmy Timmons, Uh and we are also here with Grant Gelt, who played Bertram Grover Weeks. Day two of Comic-Con. How are you guys doing?
4: Oh, dude. Uh, It's been a blast. We've been here. uh, We were here yesterday all day. Been here since early morning, and uh, we'll be here all day tomorrow, and it's just... Dude, it's super fun, man. Uh, this is our second time at LA Comic Con, yeah. and uh, it's just a blast seeing all the fans and meeting everybody, dude. It's it's great. It's
7: right
1: amazing. on, right on. Yeah, did you? No, it's, it's just the best. It's overwhelmingly amazing. Right on. It's awesome. Absolutely. So, I want to get into a fun question right off the bat. Um, so, one thing that's always kind of pondered uh, for me in watching The Sandlot, which is such a classic and iconic movie, was where was The Sandlot actually located? Was it on a set or was it on location?
4: It was uh, in Salt Lake City, Utah. It was actually just outside wow. of Salt Lake. It's a, a wow. town called Glendale.
1: Glendale, okay. Utah.
4: And uh, that's where the sand lot itself is. But everything else was kind of around there the Vincent Drugstore, nice. uh, the pools in Ogden. Uh, so they're all kind of around there. Um, we filmed a couple things on a soundstage, uh, like okay. the, the camp out scene in the treehouse was on a soundstage. Oh, yeah but that was also in, in Utah. Uh, and then the interiors of the houses, like in Small's house and, and Benny's bedroom, uh, were on soundstage, but that was all in Utah. I think the only thing that wasn't in Utah was the Dodger Stadium, at right. the beginning and the end.
1: Right on, oh, that's awesome, yeah. definitely. Yeah. So did you guys actually like play for fun after you shot your scenes, or like, how did you fill your time while you were actually there between filming?
5: Yeah, we, we, we were We were kids, we were, we were known for uh, hiding and playing in the treehouse whenever we weren't filming. So yeah. the, when the cameras were off and we weren't needed for a scene, we were we were being kids, man. We were having fun, it was the best summer ever.
1: That's awesome, that's so great. Uh, I gotta talk about it because it's one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie, the carnival scene. How long did that scene actually take? How long were you on the ride? And did you actually get sick?
3: Big <laughs> take
5: yeah, because this was your scene. That was, that was a long night. Uh, my voice sounds a lot like it did then because I had to yell cha like 50 times. David kept saying, Go, bigger, louder, do it. And then by the time we got the take, I had like no voice left. So that was rough. Um, that was a fun scene to do. It was one of the only two night shoots uh, that we had. So being a kid, like staying up late, pretty cool. Um, the ride was a lot of fun. We all sat in the same seat. So they put the camera, mounted it on the front, and then they swapped us out, and they swapped the background after was out. and just ripped on that ride all night. I think the worst part about it was getting out of the clothes that were covered in the fake, though. Right. Because it was really, it was soupy. Uh, so that was, yeah. and they saved that part until the end. So like after a long night of filming, they were like, Cool, now we're gonna cover you guys in this stuff and send you home. So
1: right on. Do you remember yeah. actually what that stuff was? Uh, was it actual soup? It
4: was pea soup and oatmeal. Oh. And maybe a third thing? I feel like there was a third thing, but I, I think can it was never remember. The
6: yeah.
4: So that's, that's what it exactly.
1: was. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Oh my gosh, yeah,
5: disgusting. They were really mean to us that Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> the tobacco, what they told me was the really jerky, which I love. So I that took too. this huge handful yeah. of it. Yeah. Shoved it in my mouth. They didn't tell us it was mixed in with a bunch of black licorice, because they wanted that immediate reaction of us going like, "Yeah, oh, this is terrible." Um, so between that and the vomit, well, one, yeah, yeah, one definitely,
1: net. yeah. Well, it sounds yeah, actually sickening. Got their
5: revenge on us.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, right on. Well, uh, last question before we shift gears: um, Did you guys ever think that this movie would be this iconic some thirty years later?
4: Not a chance.
5: We we knew we made something good and fun and, and for everyone, but uh, it having the lasting power it has is, a, is it's a, it's very much a gift. It's amazing. We're very lucky to be a part of that. It's it's a gift that keeps on giving. You know, yeah. it's awesome.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Right on. Well, let's get to the important stuff. Let's talk about Play Forever. Okay, super cool, awesome organization that you guys are creating. It looks incredible. Um, why did you guys start this nonprofit?
5: Uh. So, you know, uh, this is something, Play Forever is something that we've been talking about for a minute, um, Victor and I started talking about how we can start to use this opportunity that we have, the love that people have for the film, that people still want to come out and meet us and talk to us, right. how we can start to shift the narrative and identify with this film differently as adults. So we spent the last 30 years talking about the movie, and we love talking about the movie, we'll talk about that movie all day long, but we're adults now, and the film has impact. So how do we use that impact in whatever way that we can Mm -hmm. to make an impact with the current generation and put systems in place Mm -hmm. that the film will continue to live on by the impact that it has by helping future generations out in sports. Excuse me. No problem. So the data really shows that youth who are involved in sports, in team play, have a better chance of success mm-hmm. in life, and it's largely through the lessons <laughs> that they learn. Um, it was a different time back then, in the 60s, then 90 cents made a difference. Mm-hmm. Today, a basketball, a baseball, <laughs> football makes a difference still. So there's so much work that needs to be done across the spectrum of sports whether it's uh, lack of equipment lack of safe places to play food insecurity scholarship inequity there's just so much so why not use the opportunity that we have while we have it to start to get back
1: that's incredible yeah such an awesome answer and uh yeah in a way you kind of answered some of my next question which was so tell me about some of the benefits that you've seen in some of these kids lives yeah
4: Oh, man, I yeah. mean, you know, we're still really early on in the process, so, yeah. and, and we sat and talked to all the kids uh, for a long time, and, and took their questions and stuff, and and just kind of talked about, you know, opportunities in life, and, and whether it's in the entertainment industry, or in sports, or whatever, and that, you know, there's the, there's the, the, you know, the starting Athletes, there's the there's the the pros. Yeah. There's you know in movies there's the Marvel superhero there's the leading you know right. ma- man the leading lady mm-hmm. but uh, behind that is hundreds of thousands of people to that make mm-hmm. all that work you know. Totally. So in sports you got the front office and you got you know media and you got photographers and groundskeepers and yeah. just everything that goes into that that like. If you, if you love something, that there's a place for you there. You right. know, if, whether it's in entertainment or sports or anywhere, mm-hmm. that there's a place for you. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, just seeing how receptive those kids were, it, actually, as we were leaving, uh, one of the adults that, that worked there at the Boys and Girls Club came outside to you know, thank us for coming, and, and she said, I've never seen the kids that engaged. Um, and, you know, I think a big part of that is like, because they identify with us from the film, Yeah. they're willing to listen absolutely uh, which I think for kids just a willingness to listen is, is a big thing
1: oh my god yeah um,
4: so even just something as small as that like is, uh, for us to be able to just go out and kind of talk to these kids and tell them like you know there's opportunity there if you want it Right. Um, makes a big difference
1: absolutely yeah for sure and I, I think that's just incredible how you're approaching it and your your direction in affecting these kids lives it's, it's awesome um, how can people support you guys and this organization where can we go
4: oh well the easiest thing is that you can go on playforever.org um mm-hmm. uh, you can donate there's uh, we have shirts and hats and sweatshirts and stuff like that that you okay. can uh, order and 100 percent of the proceeds goes to uh all the works that we do um, you can follow us on our social media it's at, i think our instagram is at playforever underscore org, someone took. Okay. A, someone. Someone already had to play forever. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just yeah. like go and follow us and like share posts and get the word out and just help us, you know, kind of raise the awareness.
1: Yeah, incredible, incredible. Yeah, make sure everybody out there to go follow this organization and give back to just an incredible nonprofit that's affected kids' lives. Thank you guys so much for your time. You. Appreciate it, thank you guys. Any final words that you'd like to share?
5: It's just taking the time to talk to us about it and getting the message out. It really means a lot.
1: Right on. Appreciate
4: it's it. For the love all yeah. these years.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much. Thank Appreciate you, your time.
2: It's cool. That's awesome. Playforever.org. Yeah. Yep.
3: yep. And it's playforever.org. Exactly.
2: Fantastic.
3: So wait, what were they eating? Um, on that big chew? Like, what was it?
1: So he actually said it was beef jerky, that, but it was mixed with black licorice. So he said... <laughs> When I put it in my mouth, (laughs) I legit almost got sick. (laughs) He was like, right there. He was like, it was disgusting. Uh, He's like, I didn't really have to act like I was sick because I really felt sick. That's hilarious. Yeah. When they were spinning around, they were all actually in one seat. And that they would switch out each kid to that seat and then switch out the extras that were sitting behind them. And they said they were on it for hours. Wow. Just that alone
3: will make you sick, and then you're eating like licorice flavored beef. Like what? That's crazy. Sounds delicious. Just starnies.
1: (laughs) It's
2: just Chinese five spice on there.
3: Hey, just let me act. I'll pretend (laughs) it tastes awful. Like I wonder if they would do that today. Like (laughs) I think there would be too many
0: people. Like no, that's against the kids. Like they, you know, they don't feel comfortable. Some shit, and it's like. No, back then, they're just like, shove it down his throat. He'll throw up on his own. It'd be perfect for the movie.
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Well, like the, they, that was the crazy part. They were saying like it's not like it was hard for them to do because they were just having fun. That's so cool. They were like mm-hmm. what little kids do. They were in the park. They were joking around with each other. They even, you know, later on, I also was able to join their panel, and they talked about it. Like, they got in fights with each other. You know, the one, I think Shane punched somebody in the face who, <laughs> Shane played Timmy Timmins, And then the next day they were like best friends again, because that's just what kids do. Like it was that kind of relationship they had.
0: So cool. Man. Wow. That's neat.
2: Yeah. To think of how uh, much that
0: that movie had an impact on all of us is crazy.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I know. I mean, like definitely. We're were going to see. I was just thinking about the quintessential, like hangout outside. That's kind of what we did throughout like middle and like early high school, even late high school, I would say. But, um, uh, some of the some of the thoughts i was having especially because of sandlot being like this uh almost like a lot of the other movies we've seen like little rascals right like in the in the time of like reboots and things like that are we going to see reboots or spinoffs or and one of my um thought processes went straight to the dog because the dog was such a huge character as like them overcoming their own fears and then um, kind of helping build eh, a little bit more of their togetherness within the film in itself but like I imagine if that dog was different, it would have changed the dynamic of the the movie itself. But I always think like, oh man, imagine if it was just like a rabid Sharpay that was trying to murder them. so tiny, so fierce, but <laughs> man, Sandlot was awesome. I'm, the Beast.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 They told a great story about the Beast that it was the sweetest, most well-trained dog. And the kid who played... Shoot, I'm forgetting what the main kid's name is right now. Smalls. Yes. Uh-huh. The kid who played Smalls. Or the, now he's the man. He <laughs> oh, said Victor he was Dim not. Audio?
0: No, no, not Victor. Tom, Tom Geary. Yeah. Tom mm-hmm. Geary,
1: yes. So yeah, Tom, sorry, Tom Geary, Geary was saying that he wasn't nervous about the dog at all, except for the final scene where the dog had to come up and lick his face. And he's like, they put baby sauce or like baby applesauce all on my face. And that dog came up to me with its massive head and started licking my cheek. And he was, he said that was the only time he got nervous. <laughs> he he's like, that dog could put its whole, my whole head in its mouth. Oh my God. <laughs> so yeah, he, he said that was a little nerve wracking, which I thought was pretty, a, pretty funny. dog
2: applesauce facial, interesting, interesting.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that dog yeah. looks adorable though, right? When you watch it back now, you're like, that's, it's just the camera angles when you're a kid you're like that dog is like is that dog even real it's like a lion yeah like it's oh, I so know. massive
1: <laughs> when you go to that black and white scene and then they have those two <laughs> robbers that come in the junkyard <laughs> yeah. and then the dog eats them and drags them away like a horror film yeah yeah it scared the crap out of you <laughs> yeah.
0: before we continue with the rest of the podcast i've got a really interesting podcast recommendation for you listeners today Pretty Much Pop is a culture podcast talking about TV, movies, music, games, podcasts, novels, comedy, theater, and exploring why and how we consume these things. How does pop culture even work in a world that is so fragmented and connected? Where is the line between trash and treasure? Pretty Much Pop brings together philosophers, artists, comedians, and other smart folks to attempt and ponder these questions. Most of what people like is pretty weird when you think about it. So thinking about it is what Pretty Much Pop does. Find Pretty Much Pop, a culture podcast, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast or find it at prettymuchpop.com. You're talking about the Sandlaw panel. What were some of the other panels you saw there?
1: Yeah, so another panel that I got to see, which was really, really cool, uh, and I will say I'm a little biased here because I actually am an investor in this company, but it's called Legion M. It is a fan owned entertainment company and they have some incredible movies coming out in 2023. Uh, I actually got to talk and ask a question to the director, Adam Sigel, and he uh, was just kind of ecstatic about this movie. And some of the big names that are gonna be in it is Simon Pegg, Mini Driver. Uh, let's see, what's the other one? Um, Christopher Lloyd. And one thing I got to ask him was, I heard there's a rumor that Neil Gaiman is actually the voice of the mongoose in the movie. Is that true? And so he told me right there, he's like, it's no longer a rumor. Neil Gaiman is the voice of the mongoose yeah. in the movie. And uh, he, told, he went into a whole story talking about getting Neil Gaiman on the phone, you know, rehearsing with him, letting him you know, uh, rehearse the voice for him that would be the mongoose. And he's like, I basically had to do nothing. Like Neil Gaiman was putting on a clinic. Like, yeah. He's that good, you know? So <laughs> that's pretty awesome. amazing. This, it's a dark comedy coming out next year uh, again. And it looks so funny. The trailer was amazing. They're not going to be able to, the trailer's not going to be out for a while. So man, keep your eye out for it. The movie is called Nandor, Fodor and the Talking Mongoose. And it looks good.
3: That's awesome. Other than Neil Gaiman just producing great, Content like his he does have a great voice yeah. as well. So oh my that's gosh. pretty exciting. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The Sandman Audible wow. is incredible. Like so just good. that. Oh my gosh. I wish he could just read the newspaper to me. Yeah. I
0: love it. He does the intro for the <laughs> Netflix series too. And it was just like, oh, there's Neil. You could tell it's him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so yeah, good. Exactly. Oh well. Wow.
4: So
1: good.
0: What was another panel?
1: So we also had uh let's see. I got to see Tom Kenny, who voices SpongeBob. That nice. guy is every bit as animated as the voice. That's so cool. Like he was bouncing around. He did the SpongeBob voice, of course, and I don't know if he ever answered a question from the audience. Like he took questions, and I don't know if he answered them at all because he was going on these crazy vocal tangents. And he went from like SpongeBob to the announcer. The twenty minutes later, <laughs> he would do that yeah. voice into the other like newscaster voice, and he was just bouncing around the stage. Tom Kenny is incredible. If you ever have a chance to watch him do his thing, like YouTube it. Cause that guy is incredible. The I other love
0: Spongebob and Tom Kenny, he's on TikTok too sometimes. And we'll just like randomly Spongebob it out. And it's just like, I mean, it's so crazy. He's very talented. He's also in the show live action too. Cause there's a special episodes where he play himself like as a pirate or whatever. And you know, like as a fan watching Spongebob. And so it's just like, Oh good. I'm glad he's on this one. So like <laughs> getting funny. his face on camera. Finally. Um, He's a voice acting god. The guy's amazing. cool,
1: Incredible. Yeah. And and the way he can just bounce between all the different voices, I'm like, it's like there's three people living in you. It (laughs) doesn't make sense. Uh, But yeah, another great one was the Dragon Ball Z panel. Uh, I got to see Sean Schemmel, uh, Sony Strait, and Damon Mills. Sean plays the voice of Goku. Uh, Sony Strait played Frieza. And uh, Damon Mills played Krillin. And so they... You know, we're doing their characters' voices and talking about some of the inspiration for the new movie that just came out, The Dragon Ball Super Superhero. And uh, one interesting little tidbit that I heard from Sean on Goku was that throughout the years that he's voiced him, every time Goku has powered up or reached a new level, he's tried to change the voice a little bit. So he's like, I've always tried to find a little bit of some extra power or bravitas for it that would resonate with goku reaching a new level which i thought was so so cool Mm -hmm. uh on the side of yeah 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 i know that was so i was like oh my god like and i like we had talked about on the joystick show like i think you saw it scott but now i like it makes me regret it so much that i wasn't able to catch that movie in theaters like ah, so but they they, totally sorry and they also asked sony straight uh, if he ever would want to see Frieza become a hero, because Dragon Ball Z has had a long line of villains that have turned into heroes, and he said, "Nope, I don't <laughs> think so." He's like, "I just want him to be, keep being a villain, and that we can expect Frieza to have a big arc in the future where he also powers
2: up Oh so he's kind of like the oh. Frieza's like the Red Army. He just never goes away and is always a bad guy. <laughs> yeah exactly like the empire of dragon ball z oh
1: that's man that,
2: yeah that's pretty much that's dope
3: <laughs> so beyond gold i mean he, he powered up quite a bit last time they bought
2: him so past booster me. gold status cool. yeah
3: yeah <laughs> exactly cool. yeah um we get to
1: see sean Aston and elijah wood that's crazy <laughs> uh turn yeah turns out they are every bit as friends off screen as they are on screen they were talking about how, actually, Sean Aston went into this whole spiel about playing video games. And apparently, he's a massive gamer. Mm. So he, he loves playing with his kids. Uh, Elijah Wood, not so much. Yeah. They do have a Wordle game that they play between each other. And that them and the two other hobbits are still in a group chat together. And yeah. That's and cool. then they try to beat each other, filling out the New York Times crossword puzzle or playing wordle against each other. So it just that seeing that relationship and, you know, you think this just must be a movie thing, seeing it in real life and oh, just so cool. You're like, man, I, I love that they're as bit, like they're friends in real life, like they are on screen, it was just so awesome.
3: Yeah, that, yeah that's cool. Cause you hear about um, people after doing movies, they kind of, you know, go separate ways. They haven't seen them since that movie. And you think like, they're probably best friends forever. And it's cool when you really hear that like yeah we still talk that's so like cool. that's awesome. it's <laughs> yeah. what you hope for
0: too when you're watching the movie and um uh, you know it's like oh man i just hope these guys are really best friends and i remember seeing that like orlando bloom also hangs out with him sometimes and uh it's just so freaking cool they do a lot with the colbert nowadays because like steven colbert does oh, yeah. his own show and um and he's a huge i mean one of the biggest lord of the Rings fans. he's actually in the hobbit and uh so they've they've been on his show a few times as a group and stuff and it's just like ah so freaking
3: neat <laughs> oh that's awesome
2: yeah, so it takes awesome. me right back to, yeah, to Lambas bread. I don't know. I feel like it'd be funny if uh, I was super into cosplay and I just dress up as Galadriel and then I always have Lambas bread on me. I just give them Lambas bread every Comic Con they go to yeah. and make them eat it. I thought you were yeah. going to
3: dress up as Lambas
0: bread. Oh, no, I guess I could dress
2: <laughs> as
3: up as Lambas bread. Eat me. <laughs> eat me.
0: Yeah. That would be the most. Oh, you'd have to explain that <laughs> yeah. costume yeah, to everybody. No. What yeah. are you a We'd tortilla have to chip? Have no, no 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: You just need to have the leaves sticking yeah, out from yeah. every side and like the un- like the little wrap yeah.
2: all undone. Yeah. Be yeah, perfect. That'd be so funny.
3: Oh yes. my god. I'm
2: very yeah.
6: satiated.
3: <laughs> this is the most
6: Here random. We don't mess the Yeah.
3: Uh,
1: yeah, uh, we also got to watch the boys panel and the Mandalorian which was awesome as well. Um, Laz Alonzo was there, who plays Mother's Milk. Tomer Capone, who plays Frenchie, and Karen Fukuhara, who plays Kimiko. Uh, really nice. cool, Laz is hilarious. He told a behind the scenes about the Hero Gasm episode, oh, about getting splooged on. Uh, <laughs> it, no, it is definitely not PG in any way, but he, for the female excrement, uh, he had given suggestions to Eric Kripke, who, you know, the showrunner for The Boys, and, uh, you know, they were filming the Gasm episode. He went out back to the trailer, and there was these VFX, VFX guys, and they were cracking up. They're like, I think we got the uh, stuff, you know, <laughs> just right. I think we got the color and the consistency perfect. And he's like, here, check it out. And Laz goes, Oh, no, 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 no. That's not what I signed up for. He's like, this is what I sent to Eric Kripke. It's like more human. It's not as thick. It's clear. Uh, (laughs) I'm not putting that on me. And they're like, well, that's what Kripke approved, So you are. And he's like, damn you, Kripke, you got me again. So he he was able to- Also licorice, (laughs)
3: beef-based. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. So that was great. Uh, Karen Fukuhara had a great story about- Cause she just came out with a video game called Callista protocol that she's in and she actually she was like it's one of the first roles that i've gotten recently where i'm actually able to talk so being, <laughs> that's hilarious yeah such a good point. <laughs> besides uh yeah the suicide squad right she wasn't able oh, to no, talk there in bullet and train, then in the she boys wasn't really speaking either oh wow there you go mm-hmm. right but yeah so really crazy uh so yeah she said, check out Calista Protocol, which looks awesome. I definitely want to get that game as well. And then her and Frenchie showed off their secret handshake, which, you know, I think they do in The Boys. Well, they did it for everybody and people lost their mind. <laughs> nice.
0: I love Frenchie in that show, too. He's, like, so much more complex than I in season one now. He's uh, so dope. God damn.
1: Yeah, I was surprised he actually has, like, an accent, like a French accent, but he definitely, like... Frenchies, you know, boys, <laughs> you know?
0: Right, right. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pepe Le Pew and shit. Oh, man. Any other panels that, uh, that you went to?
1: You know, just want to give a quick shout out. Uh, new rock stars were hilarious. Uh, you got to, I'm, I'm sure most of you guys are already watching them on YouTube. What's going on, guys? Thomas here. We are with the new rock stars. We got EA Voss. Jessica Clements here. Hi. How do you guys feel about Comic-Con? What's the, been the coolest part for you guys
0: Oh my God, I went
1: to the Hot Topics stand and I waited in line for an hour and a half. But it was worth it. It was perfect. I loved it. Right on. Right on. What about you, Eric? I just got here today, so meeting all of you guys was my favorite part. Right on. Yeah, everybody. Man, that was a funny show. Just from the suggestions people were throwing at them, they kind of had to eat some crow too on their suggestions. They're like, you know, we thought Mephisto you know the mephisto joke was running heavy about how many times they had you know announced that in a youtube video and then it never happened so eric had to eat some crow up there which was pretty good but they we they did an impromptu uh cosplay competition and then they did a game where if they thought something was going to happen or not so if you thought something was going to happen you threw up a green flag if you thought it was not going to happen you threw up a red flag which was one of the questions was do you think the animated series x-men the animated series is going to be a better show than what if season two? And so half of them said yes, half of them said no, and then they had to explain their reasoning. The other thing was, yeah, I know it was such a good question. Uh, Do you think Scott Lang is going to die in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania? And uh, majority of them said no. And then the last thing I'm trying to think about here was, not really remembering right well, that's now. that's a good question so, right
0: there. Do you guys, let's talk, let's do it right here. Do you guys think Scott Lang's going to die in the next Ant-Man? What do you, what do you, what do you think?
1: I, I have a feeling he could. Yeah. Because we saw in phase four, so many mantles were being passed on to so many characters, right? I think it just depends on if Paul Rudd really enjoys being Ant-Man. Because if he is, I mean, there's always a possibility he shows up in Secret Wars. But if... You know, if he wants to take a break, you kill him off. You have
3: the Wasp and Stature who can carry on. Right, that's what I'm thinking too. Um, If he dies, it's a pretty big hit. You know, like for the audience. So that could like send like, oh, Kang's not fucking around. Yeah, like one of your favorites is dead. So yeah, he could. I don't want him to. I I like him,
2: but he Uh very. I think I would go on the end of like. Maybe he has a sacrifice, but it's like a, a sacrifice that we don't know whether or not he is or isn't. Maybe he stays in the quantum room for some reason. And then Stature and Wasp kind of get to it. But I think, I don't know, I feel like Hank and um, Michelle Pfeiffer's characters, uh, I mean, they, they play a part. But I think if you, we lose them, especially how much they mean to like the character base, that might be just as um, daunting as if we lost uh, Scott Langan himself. But that's some mm. nice speculation i like it
0: yeah yeah i hate for us to lose them. and I, if they're gonna do a sacrifice you know what we haven't gotten it's a real comic book trope is someone losing their powers and oh. so maybe we can get that because last time we think we had that was a spider-man the old spider-man i think three he started off that right. way uh, or something like that but yeah losing their powers is something that happens at every comic book every hero goes through it, especially thor mm. oh yeah wait a minute thor lost his hammer actually yeah we so we did have that in the mcu but uh but yeah. yeah that's something that i think would be good like maybe he's just a dad now because god paul rudd is just a goofy dad is the best <laughs> it's yeah, my favorite yeah, part I of
3: so hopefully we get that yeah it would be a shame to really lose like you know all these marvel movies like they have comedy in it some land harder you know or land better than yeah. others paul rudd always lands for me because he's just genuinely yeah. funny so it would be a shame to lose that
0: yeah yeah he's fun to have all right so the, the panels sound like they're pretty amazing over at la comic-con What was some of your favorite parts? Like, again, this is your first real big convention, and it's definitely your first as, you know, press. So what was some of your favorite parts of this Comic-Con?
1: I think it was just interacting with the different fans and also talking to the different artists about interacting with fans. You know, because, you know, they make these projects in a bubble, right? They, you know, go on location or go to a set. They film for months, you know, they work on these things, and then they don't know how people are going to receive it till after it's out so i think them getting to interact and hear about them interacting with the fans was just so awesome i mean even from cosplayers or the comic book writers that perspective too it's like this is what they do it it's like obviously it's their job but i think the thrill of interacting with people who love these things that you made is has to be so exciting and then on the flip side with the fans getting to enjoy You know, the things that we all love so much together as a group. It was just so incredible, you know, and and seeing people dress up as what you feel like is kind of on the spectrum of characters, you know, man, there were so many Chainsaw Man and My Hero Academia and uh, Bleach. I was I was so excited because, you know, I, I think anime for us has been something that we've really kind of gotten into as a resurgence and it's a hit. People love it. So that was that was so cool. Oh, my God. I love the cosplay. The vendors have such cool merch, again, with toys and collectibles like I wanted to. Man, if I had a million dollars, I probably would have spent it at the Sideshow collectible booth because it was so many good collectibles in there. The whole Funko Pop thing. There was Funko Pops that were way out of my budget, but I wanted all of them. Uh, Yeah. And just hearing people talk about what their favorite part about the Comic-Con was made me love it even more.
0: Yeah, so an artist is always nice because then you get people actually like making the art themselves. So you see, again, it's kind of like with indie comics where it's just like, hey, I'm put all my time and effort into this painting or drawing or something like that. And you're like, yes, here's the money. It's much more important to me to have that than it is some poster at Walmart. You know, that's actually art right there. Beautiful. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, definitely. Yeah. um, Quick shout outs to uh, we also got to see Michael Nathanson from the Playing Dead podcast. Uh, Really cool. He's been an actor for a long time. I think in our genre, he was in The Punisher as a cop, but he's been in, in a handful of different movies and shows, and he actually got to interview Keith David. His uh, social media handle is called Mr. Silverthroat, but trust me, like if you've seen a picture of this guy, you know exactly who he is. He just has that super smooth, sultry, deep voice, and uh, they got to do a podcast live on, on, on uh, air. So
4: so as we like to do on our show, we talk to actors, creators, about what it means to play dead. What is that like? What is it like to take on a project? You know you're going to die. No None of us know what it's like to die, right? Or what happens in that moment. We can't really report back. So as an actor, as, a, as an artist,
7: how do you prepare? How do you handle a death scene? Well, it all depends on how it's written. This is supposed to be, you know... Sentimental, you know. Do we care about the guy? Um, you know, I, I I love those moments when it really is, uh, you know, it, it, you know, supposed to be, you know, somewhat touching. Because I know I, a friend of mine, his mother died in his arms, and he talked about the drama of life, watching her take her last breath, and what's that like? You know, now I've never seen anybody expire. Uh, you know, when my own mother died, I thought, God, I wish, I, I wish that I was, I wanted to be there so bad, as if my being there would have stopped her from dying. Now, that ain't true, because God didn't ask me, and neither did she, you know. Um, but there's something about, especially when we see it well played it's a wonderful moment because you care about that life I mean when you know it makes very real to me that every life on the planet everyone in this room today means something to somebody the world is would not be the same without you and this good and your passing through this life is going to mean something to somebody at some point and it's uh, it's kind of wonderful to get get to explore that whatever that
1: is it was really really cool uh and i would check it out that's a, a new podcast called playing Back.
0: what do you think about uh, have you ever seen a podcast recorded live like that before uh just ours yeah Well you know, yeah
1: yeah i've actually
0: you know because i have actually have especially the dollop is my favorite podcast so i've actually gone to like san francisco and stuff like that and in here um san francisco's like an hour away so it's not a big deal but so I've actually like paid to sit in an auditorium and watch a live podcast recording. And it's hard to explain how freaking fun it can be. Like, it's so it's a blast, especially when, you know, like it's two comedians there. They know how to have the good timing and stuff like that. Um, what did you think as an audience member to a podcast recording instead of a participant in a podcast recording?
1: Well, uh, I thought they did a fantastic job. The hardest thing for me was I wanted to jump in. there. Yeah, <laughs> but it was really <laughs> but it was really, really good. And, you know, seeing two actors interview each other and really played to the crowd. Like Keith David was like asking the question to the audience. One of his breakout movies was The Thing. And so he talked about that process of being in The Thing and the monster. And, and at the end, does he die or does he not die? And the way he interacted with the crowd was so freaking awesome. Uh, but I think this is also like a really good segue because one of my favorite podcasts that normally records live is called Fat Man Beyond, mm-hmm. right? And the two hosts are Kevin Smith, who, Is a legendary creator from Clerks and, uh, you know, Jay and Silent Bob, Mall Rats. He wasn't there, but his co host, Mark Bernardin, was. And Drake and Scott can attest to this. I've been a huge fan of Mark Bernardin's for for years. I started listening to their podcast like four years ago. And just because they were talking about everything I wanted to hear, you know, comics, uh, you know, movies, shows, this pop culture that they had also like intertwined with and helped create, but they were also just talking about it as fans. And so getting to talk to Mark was truly a highlight for me as well because he was so, he just just feels so wise. He feels like he's this expert writer, you know? And uh, I got to tell him kind of my story and my journey with my friends getting here and podcasting and the Geek Freaks Podcast Network. But also, I got to just rap out with him about Black Panther Wakanda Forever. That's and nice. it was just surreal. So cool. I was like, hey, you know, how did you like it? And he was he was like, I loved it. He was like, from a story be- and a story about dealing with grief, it was fantastic. He said when it got down to the roots of being a superhero movie, it wasn't necessarily his favorite. But he gave really intelligent, detailed reasons why and uh anytime you can make one of your heroes kind of chuckle it was like yeah. just so incredible so incredible so oh man if you're not listening to fat man beyond as well like check that out we we uh we got to try to get mark bernard on because i think he would be in- oh yeah incredible
2: yeah
3: Man, I was happy you got to see him, but I definitely had some FOMO when I saw that picture. I got to look who I got to <laughs> talk to. I'm like, oh man. that's yeah. awesome. Uh, I <laughs> know. Yeah, he's got a new movie coming out next
1: year, too, called a short called Splinter. And he also has a new comic book coming out as well. So keep your eye out for that. But uh yeah, it it's basically a fictional and dra- dramatized version of Muhammad Ali. Oh, wow. I
0: want that so bad. (laughs) That's dope. Oh. Yeah,
3: what? That sounds good. So Yeah, really, really cool.
0: Do we have any idea of when that comic book's coming out?
1: He said it should come out uh, in spring, hopefully, but he's not sure. Uh, He said there's... Yeah, I asked him. I said, hey, can you... What's the next thing you're working on that you can talk about? And so that was it. The comic book, he said he's finalizing things for the movie. And then he has some other shows, I think for Amazon Prime or hulu that he's writing right now oh, okay so and easy. he'll announce it on yeah he'll announce it on Fat Man beyond once once he's able to
3: noise
0: mark, mark bernardin is like our i honestly it's all of our goals right to be him so oh, it's so so oh, cool yeah. to chat with him like <laughs> damn that's neat <laughs> that's
3: so freaking cool oh my
0: gosh yeah
3: definitely and i'm glad he's cool yeah you know like i'm glad he's cool in person
1: Oh yeah. Well, awesome, I, you know, man. gave him all these personal stories and, you know, I was like,
3: I've been trying to see you for four years. And
1: he was like, he was like, get over here. You know? That's and, so cool. uh, yeah, we got a picture yeah. together. Of course my eyes were closed eyes. in the
3: picture, but
1: I
2: still got it. So Photoshop's photoshop to fix it. Got, got <laughs> yeah. real Asian on the
3: yeah. picture, huh? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. got those Brock eyes yeah. Pokemon. Uh, you got some
0: amazing <laughs> pictures from, I swear. We've been tweeting as many as we can. And of course you've been tweeting as many as you can. You got some amazing images from this LA Comic Con. It just looks so freaking neat. Uh, any last things before we get uh, he- uh, heading out? No, I, I just want to say it's
1: a must go to. Like, yeah. if you have the opportunity next year to be in LA and go to this, it's incredible. Like, it really was such a fun time. Everybody was enjoying themselves. The panels were really good. the The talent that that comes there is incredible. Uh, And it's just a really smooth operation. Like I've been to events, you know, most of my professional life. And this one was just really, really smooth. I was really impressed with it. And there's just a lot of opportunities to meet the people who create the things that you love. So I highly recommend it uh i'm sad that i didn't cosplay but next year oh you know like we talked about in the beginning that metal hand is getting put to good use and being incorporated in a costume and i will be doing that next year because it was just so so fun so highly recommend everybody out there definitely go to la comic-con 2023
0: maybe terminator too. i'm also thinking like maybe you could do like terminator with that you know Oh, I, I there you go. go. I, I, the cosplay oh, yeah. we're, we're thinking here, guys. I think Winter, Sol- Winter Soldier is yeah, easy one, but list. we, we could think of some more.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> we should pull it online. We'll pull it online for next year yes! and let the let the <laughs> band choose. Oh, That's smart. Uh,
2: Damn. It makes sense though that Comic-Con would be so organized. I mean, geeks and nerds, duh. So yeah. <laughs> different, different from doing things like a jiu-jitsu tournament or yeah. all that kind of stuff. Different vibes because yeah, the organization is so different. But, yeah, yeah, you think, but I'm so disorganized. So I don't know. I guess <laughs> I don't fall in that category.
3: <laughs> and I'm definitely a giant nerd. Try playing D&D once oh, you were get there any panels- <laughs> <laughs> Oh Yeah. Were there any panels you kind of like wanted to go to, but you had to make a choice? Like, I got to go to this. I can't make this one. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, great question.
1: Obviously, I wanted to try to get to Simu Liu. And mm-hmm. if you've seen any clips of what Simu Liu has done uh, for his panel this year, it was like, you think he's Tom Kenny. He, he does an amazing Smeagol voice. He can do the Emperor from Star Wars. And I'm not like It's not like, oh, it's Simu doing that voice. It's like, it sounds like that voice. Wow. So Simu would have been incredible. Um, shoot, did I talk about Curran Walters? Because that one no, did. he didn't. No, okay. So let's, no. sorry, because I remember this, because we did actually get to talk to him. I was like, oh, he had a booth. Uh, he, he was doing autograph signings, but I was able to run into him outside and we got to chat with Curran He plays Robin and in the last season of Titans got to play Red Hood and we got to chat with Kern Walters as well well, and uh, you know silly enough the clip will come out and the interview will come out it was was a short one with him but I got to ask him hey what is it like not to be in season four of Titans and I've been watching it up until the last episode but they're doing it in two parts on HBO Max and he told me well, who says I'm not in season four?
0: What's
4: up, guys? Hi, How is Comic-Con day two three? Dude, it's great. It's actually my first day, but um, it's great. It's
3: so cool to see everybody uh, meeting a lot of people. And, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Dude, uh,
1: uh,
2: Titans
3: just started. the sir. How do you feel about not being in the season? Are you a little ball?
4: You know, I can't say if I am or if I'm not in the season, but, you no know, oh. no spoilers, but, uh, you know, it's cool. Everyone's killing it this season
0: is amazing the writers know what they're doing so yeah it's, it's awesome
4: it's amazing You're yeah that's robin thank the you bro manhood. thank
3: you robin. uh dude hit this guy watch everything
1: he's in season it's four, four. on hbo max now there you go yes, baby sir. yes sir yes, yeah. damn yeah oh, so, exclusive yeah shoot i should have dropped spoiler alert in there but i was like oh damn so we'll see kern walters might pop up and uh Yeah, by far, really badass portrayal of of Red Hood on the show. And who knows, he might be back for part two of season four.
0: That's so freaking neat. Very nice. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) Any last things out of L.A. Comic-Con?
1: Nope, just go. Go have a fun time. If, If you're into anime, if you're into Marvel, you're into DC, you're into Lord of the Rings, whatever, whatever area of fandom you're into, there is an area for you it's a super welcoming event um, yeah it just felt it felt like a family mm-hmm. like a massive family it doesn't matter what genre or what again what category of, of nerddom you're in but it felt so great and yeah it, it's something I don't want to miss from here on out it was it truly was an awesome and incredible time and yeah I, I think anybody could go there and enjoy something
2: That's it. Steve. all
0: right guys you heard it here uh we definitely nice. have a great one full force next year everybody's on board with that one we have so many conventions to go to it's gonna be awesome but la comic-con is definitely on the list uh thank you very much for joining us guys and we will be talking to you next week bye